Pursuit. Pursuit. A criminal strikes and fades quickly back into the shadows of his dark world. And then, the man from Scotland Yard. The dangerous, relentless pursuit. When man hunts man. Now, with Ted DeCorsi as starred as the famous Inspector Peter Black of Scotland Yard, we bring you tonight's story of violence and murder. The Pursuit of the Firebird. In crime fiction, coincidence seems to be the most popular motivating force when launching the heroic investigator into his usually ludicrous and often utterly fantastic involvements. As a man from Scotland Yard, I sometimes envy these supermen of the printed page, both for their amazing intuition and for their irresistible attraction to the opposite sex, especially the latter. However, it was pure coincidence that launched me to the pursuit of the Firebird, and I had neither intuition nor the embraces of a beautiful woman to aid me. Simply the square-toe deficiency of Detective Sergeant Mark. Very well, sir. Very well, I shall hold it for you. Uh, when will you return? Tomorrow afternoon. Uh, thank you. Oh, Chief Inspector Black. Fancy meeting you here. More to the point, Mr. Baxter. Fancy meeting you here. I wasn't aware that you counted music among your uh, varied interests. Why not? You'll change your attitude toward private detectives one of these days. We do a lot of good for the private citizen. Well, ta-ta, Inspector. How nice to see you, Inspector. Good evening. How are you, Mr. Quill? I'd like a copy of the Firebird Suite, if you have it. Oh, what a shame. There's just one copy, and I'm saving for the gentleman who just left. And one? Oh, oh, yes, yes. Oh, that's a pity. It's Mrs. Moffat's birthday. I'm going out for supper. I wanted to give it to her. Oh, look here. I'm sure I can get an hour before tomorrow afternoon. He won't be in until then. Well, that's very kind of you, Mr. Quayle. I'm ever so much obliged. I'll wrap it as a present for you. Uh, how is Mr. Moffat? <laughs> as ever, Mr. Quayle. Moffat. Uh, just a moment, sir. Uh, please give him my regards and his dear lady. Uh, you wish me to bill you? Uh, please. Of course. Here you are. Thank you, Mr. Quayle. Uh, now, sir. Uh, what can I do for you? Oh, a, a gentleman came in a few moments ago, a, a friend of mine. I was wondering about his musical taste for a suitable present. I noticed it was rather a lovely evening as I made my way to the tube station with Mrs. Moffat's birthday present tucked under my arm. The Moffats lived in a comfortable, solid house in Maida Vale. I always enjoyed my all-too-infrequent visits there. The sergeant's wife of placid, happy soul, and the sergeant. Not the Moffat of Scotland Yard, but the Moffat of slippers and pipe of coal scuttle and fireplace. But my pleasant musings were marred by one fact. From the moment I left the record shop, I had been followed by the private detective Baxter almost to the door of Moffat's home. I'm so glad. Mrs. Moffat, many happy returns. Oh, record. You remember. <laughs> oh, you really shouldn't, you know. I'm much too old. Nonsense, my dear. Just for that, Inspector, I shall tell you what we are going to have for no, supper. No, 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 no. Let me guess. Uh, 
uh, veal and pork pie. <laughs> oh, you detective. <laughs> Moffitt, Moffitt, the inspector's here. Oh, hello, sir. I'll be there, Jiffy. Right on. Please make yourself comfortable. Here, your favorite chair. Huh. Uh, May I open it now? Uh, yes, yes, of course. Oh, the firebird. How wonderful. I'll put it on while I'm finishing supper. Well, sir. And what'll you have? Uh, nothing, uh, nothing, thanks, Muppet. I received a new fishing tackle catalogue by post this morning, sir. Uh-huh. If you'd like to have a look. What is it, sir? Muppet, you remember a private detective, Baxter? What oh, a dirty little mucker. I thought he'd been sent to Wandsworth long ago. He followed me from Mr. Quayle's record shop. All the way here, sir? Yes, yes. Rather odd. Be a good chap and have a look out the window, will you? Somebody there, sir. About 50 feet down the street. Oh. Records shop. Records. Baxter. And the firebird. He was going to buy this album. Mother, why did you take it off? The inspector wants to see something. Anything wrong? No, dear. No. I'll be hanged. This one's a dud. No label. It looks like one of those, what the devil do they call them, transcription records. Uh, private recording, you know. Oh, what a shame. Oh, I'm frightfully sorry, Mrs. Muffet. I say, do you think you can play it, Muffet? I'm not sure, sir, but uh, I'll try. There she goes, sir. Doesn't seem to have anything on it, sir. Oh. Listen. It's ever so exciting, isn't it? Just like a BBC play. Somebody's making a drink. What do you think, sir? What is there to think, Mummy? I don't know. Yes, 
Now, look here, this isn't doing any good. Are you going to clear out or shall I? Neither one of us will. Well, sir. Oh, it seems to have cut off. Let it run on. There may be more. Whatever can it be? Terribly well played, don't you think? It's not a play, Mrs. Moffat. You really think there's something to it? Now, oh, here. my great way you read. Nor I, Moffat. You can't believe it. It couldn't be. Oh, yes, Mrs. Moffat, it could. When did it happen? And where, sir? I'm terribly sorry, Mrs. Moffat. I'm afraid I shan't be able to share your birthday party. Poor dear. It's a shame you don't get a moment's peace. I'll take this album and get another for you tomorrow. I promise you that next time nothing will interrupt my visit. Oh, go on, Inspector. I bet you did it on purpose. You've probably got an appointment with a pretty blonde. <coughs> Mrs. Moffat, tonight you are the only woman in my life. Moffat, why don't you say things like that to me? Oh, I don't have to. I'm married to you, old girl. Oh, you're terrible. No need for you to come out, Moffat. I can manage him alone. I don't see him, sir. Oh, probably waiting for me down at the corner. Fog's coming in. Uh, better phone the yard. Have them send a car out. Mr. Baxter is so interested in these records. We'll see what he has to say about them at the yard. Right, sir. I'll see you in the morning. Good night, Marvin. Good night, sir. The fog began to swirl around the light from a solitary lamppost as I searched the street for the private detective. Then I saw him. Baxter was lying across the pavement with his head lolling over the curbing. I bent over him. He was dead. Who is it? That you, Moffat? Oh! Nasty crack, sir. Oh. A patrol car found you and the dead man. They brought you inside. Oh, my head. I'm a blasted idiot, Moffat. Whoever it was got the record. Oh, don't worry about that now, sir. We'll take care of your head first. All right, Moffat. All right. Next morning, in a foul mood and with a crashing headache, I went to Scotland Yard and put through a query on the deceased Baxter. I wanted information on his files, if any. Then, with Moffat, I returned to the record shop of Mr. Quill on Wigmore Street. Oh, Inspector. 
Good morning, Mr. Moffat. Uh, Mr. Quayle, concerning the Firebird you sold me last evening. Extraordinary performance, don't you think? Yes, particularly the last record. Oh, yes, beautiful. Uh, Mr. Quayle, that record was not in the album. Oh? Oh, yes, of course. How could I have forgotten? I tried to catch you after you left. The uh, Mr. Baxter, who had bought the album, left the last record in the playing booth. Uh, here we are. I'm terribly distressed. Some customers are so focused. Another man came in while I was here. Had you ever seen him before? Another man? Oh, no. No, no, no. He didn't buy anything. He went out again. Yes, I, I remember. That's right. Uh, you are quite sure that both men were strangers to you? Oh, it's quite sure. Trenchants, don't you know? Well, if either comes in again, I'd be obliged if you'd call me at the yard. Of course. Thank you. Uh, Inspector, uh, you forgot the record. I'll come back for it, Mr. Crayle. Very good. Good morning. Hmm. I think he knows more than he's saying, sir. I can't believe that he does. Moffat has known him for some time. Um, Baxter could have told us. Or if only we had that record. It kept me awake last night, sir. How many times did the clock strike in the beginning? I said it was nine, and Mrs. Moffat insisted it was ten. Mm, no, it was ten, Moffat, I think. And there was a train pulling out. We heard that. Oh, that's right, sir. Yes. But from where? There was no town mentioned, or was there? No. Somebody, I, I think it was the woman, spoke of Paddington Station. Paddington. Yes, she'd hired a detective who followed her husband to Paddington. Yeah. Paddington Station, hmm? Come on, we're going down there. In just a few moments, we'll bring you the second act of Pursuit with Peter Black, the man from Scotland Yard. But first, a brief word of interest to all of us. Freedom of information is one of our most precious guarantees. And if we don't take advantage of it, well, it's like letting a tasty apple go to rot right in front of your eyes. For in a democracy like ours, the more the people know, the stronger our democracy is. As a serviceman and as a citizen, you have an obligation to your country to know the score and... An obligation to yourself, too. It's easy and pleasant to fulfill that obligation. Get the facts, the complete information by reading newspapers, magazines, books, and listening to your radio. Keep your eyes and your ears open. Information is more important to you now than ever before. Remember, the more you know, the higher you go. It's as simple as that. And now we return you to Pursuit and Inspector Peter Black of Scotland Yard. May I help you, sir? Scotland Yard. Uh-huh. Um, we are trying to ascertain the point of arrival of a particular train. Oh, very well, sir. Uh, what time does it leave here, sir? <clears throat> uh, yes. Uh, that we don't know, but it arrives at 10 p.m. Oh, yes. But where? There's a great many trains that arrive at 10 p.m. somewhere. Yes. Uh, wait a moment. Uh, Moffat, a departure time was mentioned on the record. Instead of going to the club on Friday evenings, the husband came to Paddington and caught the... What time was it, Moffat? Um, I can't remember, sir. My husband was followed by a detective, came to Paddington and caught the 8.25. Yes, that's it, sir. Right. Now, sir, what trains leave here on Friday night at 8.25? Friday night, uh, 
Have just a moment, sir. Friday night, 8.25. Here we are. Uh, Paddington, High Wycombe. Leave Paddington at 8.25. Arrive, High Wycombe. Uh, 9.56. Uh, I wake him. Uh, that, that sounds like it, sir. No, no, Moffat. The, the husband left at 8.25, but he and his wife were already in the house when the other woman arrived at 10 o'clock. That was the train we heard. Yes, yes. But we are getting somewhere. Uh, what are the stops on the way to High Wickham? Uh, stops, uh, on the 8.25 train, sir? Well, none. Oh. Well, that's out, then. Uh, Mr. Moore, uh, there's another 8.25, sir. Huh? Uh, leaves uh, Paddington for Reading. Are there any other trains that leave later and make ten o'clock stops on that route? Ten o'clock. Uh, just a second. Uh, here's one. Uh, leaves at uh, nine fifteen. Arrives at Windsor and Eton at uh, ten. Good show. And uh, another leaving at nine twenty-five. Arrives at Twyford at ten o two. That's only to set down. Good. Uh, that, that's a lot, sir. You're absolutely positive. Oh yes, sir. Uh, Friday night. Yeah, it is. May I have the schedule, please? Yes, yeah, certainly, sir. Thank you. Well, Muffet, Windsor and Eaton or Twyford? Oh, it's something, sir. You know, Sergeant, my headache is beginning to disappear. The pursuit had a nightmarish quality. The investigation of the private detective led us nowhere. He had numerous enemies, it could be assumed, but no files in his dilapidated office. So, up to this point... We had nothing to follow but the elusive sounds and voices on a recording that we had heard only once. We didn't know who the principals were, and we didn't know when the incident had taken place. But we were a little closer to knowing where it had occurred. Moffat and I spent a day questioning railway personnel and housebrokers at Windsor and Eaton. When we had finished, the results were negative. We didn't know whether this proved failure or progress. And so, the following morning, we moved on to Twyford, and by early afternoon, we found ourselves still with no answers. We left the station master, apologetically shrugging his shoulders, and walked slowly up the high street. I don't know, sir. You'd think that in a way station like this, somebody would remember a young woman who got off a through train every Friday night. Yes, I know. Well... There's only one housebroker here. We'll just have to trust the luck. Uh, it must be at the end of the road, sir. The station master told me it was number 318. This is uh, 162. Might you on. Uh, look here, Moffat. Assuming that the case is as we discussed it, does this make sense? The woman hires the detective Baxter to follow and obtain evidence against her husband. She learns from his reports that, under an assumed name, he let a cottage. The tech then installs a recording apparatus in order to substantiate evidence. Then why did the wife come there herself? Possibly to confront him with the girl. Uh. At any rate, when the scene ended in violence, the record was used by the tech as a blackmail device. And you stumbled into it, sir, when you bought that album of the Firebird to Mrs. Moffin, eh? So it seems. Mm. But who died in that room? The wife, Grace, or Daphne, the eternal other woman? Well, it sounds right, sir. Yes, and so do those bells, Moffin. Hear them? Ever since we first heard them this morning, I'll swear they're the same as those on the record. Well, I've got much of an ear for it, sir. I hope you're right. Oh, oh there it is. Passworthy and Hammerfish, housebrokers. Mm. Good day, gentlemen. And good afternoon, um, 
Mr. Fosworthy? Oh, no, I'm a hammerfish. Mr. Fosworthy died 15 years ago. He was a senior partner of the firm. Ah. I'm Chief Inspector Black of Scotland Yard. How do you do? Um, Mr. Hammerfish, uh, we're trying to locate a gentleman by the name of Harold Smith, whom I have reason to believe led a cottage in Twyford, uh, possibly from you, sir. Smith? Very little difficult, that, sir. Uh, can you tell me when? Well, as a matter of fact, I can't. Uh, you are the only housebroker in the village, are you not? Oh, yes. Well, then, if he has been renting, he would deal with you. Uh, definitely, sir. You don't know where the cottage is. No. But you know that it is here in Twerford. I, I think so, Mr. Hammerfish. Uh, you have quite a problem, have you not, Inspector? Yes, rather. I'm afraid it's another town, sir. There's absolutely no one by the name of Harold Smith letting a cottage through my house. Uh, well, thank you very much, Mr. Hammerfish. I'm sorry to have troubled you. I wish you luck, gentlemen. Thank you. Muffet. Yes, sir? When do you think the shooting took place? Oh, I don't know, sir. Two weeks ago, possibly three. Why? Why do you think that? And why have I? Well, I really couldn't say, sir. Of course you couldn't. Because it's psychologically right for us to think that. All the actual events, the man who followed me, the attack, the murder of Baxter, they've all been recent. Therefore, we have assumed that the recorded events took place recently. But suppose they didn't, Moffat. Suppose they took place a year ago, two years, three, even more. Why, Gumser, that hadn't occurred to me. Hmm. Well, let's return to Mr. Hammerfish. Possibly his files will refresh his memory. And they did. Ten minutes later, a page, filled with the Spencerian scrawl of Mr. Hammerfish told us that Harold Smith had engaged a cottage on Millbridge Road in June of the year 1945. We followed the history of the cottage, and as we did so, the path of pursuit unwound and straightened into its inevitable course. Now, uh, Inspector, here we are. As I told you, I had never seen Mr. Smith. All our business was done by post. In uh, October of 1945, he notified me, uh, here's the letter, uh, that a sudden change of plan necessitated his leaving the cottage. He paid me for a month. After that, sir? Rather unusual, I'd forgotten. Two days later, a Mr. Amberley came here and asked to purchase the same cottage. He insisted that he could be satisfied with no other. Amberley? Yes. Um, uh, Gilbert C. Amberley. Muffet! Gilbert! Gilbert, the voice on the record that finally came to life. Moffat and I left Twyford by the first train, and an hour and fifteen minutes later were in the yard. We consulted the files of missing persons for the year 1945, and then, when we had found what we sought, our case was all but complete. We were now ready to go to the address given to us by Mr. Hammerfish. Mrs. Amberley? Yes. Inspector Black of Scotland Yard. This is Sergeant Moffat. May we come in? Please do. Did you want to see my husband? If you don't mind. Not at all. You follow me. Thank you. Gilbert? Oh, yes, my dear. 
These gentlemen are from Scotland Yard. Inspector Black and Sergeant Moffat. Oh? Well, uh, won't you sit down? Thank you, Mr. Amberley. I, I must say that no good reason. I, I feel guilty. Does a visit from the police always inspire such a reaction? I've really had no contact with you chaps. Then you've been extremely fortunate, sir, up to now. What do you mean? Five years ago, a girl was reported to the yard by a friend as missing. Her name was Daphne Lane. She has never been found. Oh? Uh, Grace, perhaps the gentleman would like some tea. No, thank you, sir. To continue. Miss Lane was known to have visited a cottage in Millbridge Road at Twyford, which was left in the name of Harold Smith. That was you, sir. Nonsense. I, I own a cottage there, but Smith, it's nonsense. Do you also deny, sir, that three days ago at approximately half past five, you were in a gramophone shop on Wigmore Street? I, yes, I do. Very well. And also that you followed a man by the name of Baxter to Maida Vale? Why the devil should I follow anyone? Because, sir, you knew that Baxter was in possession of a record that has been very important to you during the past five years, and that by mere chance, the record found its way into my hands. Record? I submit these facts to you, sir. That on a certain night in October 1945, either you or Mrs. Amberley shot to death the woman Daphne Lane in the cottage at Twyford. That the recording, taken by a detective Baxter hired by your wife, has been used as a weapon of blackmail against you. That three nights ago, after following Baxter, you killed him and then took the incriminating record from me. Facts? You call these facts? Why, they're theories. And since they do not concern me, I must ask you to leave. Very well, Mr. Amberley. But when I do, I'm going back to the cottage at Twyford. And I shall tear up every inch of ground and cellar. Because I'm convinced that you didn't purchase the place for sheer sentiment's sake. And I am sure you know what I am going to find. Grace, no, stop it. And if she doesn't stop it, Mr. Amberley, will you shoot her? Grace, no, 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 don't, please. Five years dreaming of it and living it every hour of the day. I can't help it, Gilbert. I want it to be finished. I'm glad it is. Well, Mr. Amberley? Oh, oh, it's true. And I admit my part in it. My loyalties were to my wife, not to that poor girl. I wanted to protect Grace. In order to do so, I... I had to kill Baxter. You were a little late, sir, in realizing those loyalties. It's funny you should say that, Inspector. You see, it's only been during these frightened years we found a closeness and even happiness we'd never known before. Oh, Grace. Oh, my dear. <laughs> And so a husband and wife who had been drawn together by murder spent their last few moments before their formal arrest. An arrest which would part them forever. Pursuit. And the pursuit is ended. Pursuit is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis and written by Gil Dowd and Anthony Ellis. Music was arranged and conducted by Marlon Skiles. Featured in the cast were Raymond Lawrence, Doris Lloyd, Peggy Weber, Joseph Kearns, Lou Krugman, 
and Bill Johnstone. Pursuit. You've been listening to Pursuit, dynamic tales from the files of the man from Scotland Yard, wherein man hunts man. Pursuit is a regular presentation of the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. Thank you.